0: Hello, this is Hannah, and this is Matt Hannah, and this is Horror Hour with the Hannahs, where we discuss all your favorite scary movies. This is a new podcast where we will talk about our experiences watching some of our favorite, least favorite, and some brand new horror movies. We'll cover crowd favorites like The Conjuring, polarizing films like The Witch, and even some movies that we love to hate on. We'll even bring on some of our friends to complete this journey with us, including our resident Scaredy Cat sidekick and our professional actor pal. Tune in on Wednesdays, where we will release episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube on a weekly basis. Happy hauntings! Catching a roadway A big surprise I'm gonna rise And flash my toothache All the buff dudes save on the beach food. They're gonna need A bigger bone Barons real soon I'm a sea king A CGI thing I'm here to eat bend my teeth And shake a tail back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Captain Steve. This week, we're talking about 2005's Raging Sharks, directed by Danny Lerner. And, in an unrelated note, I have a raging boner. Let's get right into the plot synopsis from Letterboxd. An oceanic observation station is in desperate trouble after a sudden shark attack wrecked the oxygen supply. The accompanying ship, a Coast Guard cruiser, and other ships in and around the Bermuda Triangle are attacked as well. The U.S. Navy sends a submarine to investigate, but soon they too are under attack. Yeah, absolutely bonkers plot. This plot description doesn't even get into, like, the craziest part of this movie. We'll get into that uh, as soon as the plot starts. uh, When I start describing it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, The poster Expectations, um, this one is fairly simple, but the shark on it is really gnarly looking. So I'm kind of expecting some really, like, gross or cool looking sharks to be absolutely raging. Whether raging be like they're having a fucking party, doing cocaine or whatever, or just raging as in they're really upset and killing people, either one I'm okay with. Honestly, I would be up for either one of those things. I'm really hoping that they use practical effects in this movie because it's from 2005, so I don't really want any of that super janky um, early 2000s, uh, made-for-TV, made-for-video CGI. But uh, yeah, so I mean, hopefully we get some practical effects. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, It has an average rating of 2.6 stars on Letterboxd, which is actually one of the higher-rated movies I've reviewed in a while. So uh, let's see if this can live up to that rating, and let's dive in. So, we open up in fucking outer space, and we're following a large ship of some sort, and it goes up to a space station, and on, we just see some aliens talking or whatever, and the design for these aliens are super fucking dope. They almost kind of look like a cross between Predator and the aliens from Independence Day, so, yeah, and they're in, like, practical, like, alien suits, um... I mean, yeah, it looks dope so far. It's all pretty much practical effects. I don't know why we're in fucking space, but it looks cool. Even the the ships look like they were small models. So we're off to a good, if not weird start. But yeah. Um, So this ship crashes into the station. The station explodes, and it sends this tube hurtling towards Earth. So it falls into the Earth's atmosphere, and then it crashes into a ship. Basically, the ship sinks. And then we cut to five years later in the Bermuda Triangle, or as they call it, the Impact Zone. So we see a ship called the Paradiso trying to communicate with this underground sea lab, uh, but the calls aren't getting through. So we then go down into the sea lab. There's a bunch of scientists uh, in there talking about uh, something jamming their communications or whatever. And then there's like more sharks near the lab today than there have been in a while. And then they talk about how the station, the station is shitty and they need more funding, blah, blah, blah. And then our main character, Dr. Mike Olson, who is played by Corin Nemec, who also appears in Sand Sharks, uh, which I haven't reviewed yet, but guaranteed that one will be coming up in the future. Um, So he's planning on leaving the station as soon as the storm topside starts to pick up. And he talks to Linda Olson, who is his wife, and played by Vanessa Angel, who I remember from Weird Science, the TV show. Um, So you know in the movie, two nerds create a girl using a computer. She plays the girl in the TV show. So young me was very excited to see her on this. So they go and chat as Mike packs his things and they talk about the funding for this project, whatever it is. I actually don't think we ever learn what it is exactly that they're doing here. Like they keep talking about like funding for this project, funding, what are you doing, experiments. I have no idea what they were doing. I'm not even sure if they knew what they were doing, to be perfectly honest. But anyways, um, we learn that they've been using this station for 10 years, and they've been going from ocean to ocean. And then Mike tells Linda that he wants a family, and she says, oh, we've talked about this before. And she says, like, he has people responsible, like he's responsible for people here at the station. Um, I don't know, it sounds like these two maybe shouldn't be together. That's just me. And then she's like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk when you get back. So he goes into a small sub, and then uh, he's in there with the pilot, and they head topside. Then back in the lab, one of the scientists is looking at a weird glowing orange rock or something in a test tube, and we see the results on the computer screen say, like, unknown, like, ooh, I wonder where that could be from. And a couple of workers head out of the station to fix some relay boxes, and they as soon as they begin repairing them, in the lab we see on the radar some something approaching the workers, and then Linda tells them on the radio they're sharks headed their way. And the sharks attack them. And this is stock footage with some close-ups of sharks chomping down on something. I'm assuming it's probably like chum or something like that. Um, But it's all cut pretty quick together. But, I mean, it's the beginning of the movie, so I don't really expect them to show too much right now. Um, But it's okay. For, like, the very first kill, I'm, I'm okay with this so far. Linda leaves the facility to go back and look for the missing workers and she finds their bodies floating around and the sharks start approaching her and one of them bites into something on the station and inside the station sparks start flying there's fires everywhere um, so it's causing some damage I guess there's not fires everywhere yet there's just like a lot of shit sparking around and then Linda manages to stab the shark a couple of times and again mixed stock footage with some of the other footage like maybe of a practical shark I'm not entirely sure But, yeah, it was, again, decent. We don't see a whole lot yet. But, I mean, it feels like maybe we're just building up to something. Linda makes it back inside, just in the nick of time. And then one of the sharks bites into another communications cable on the station. And then suddenly we're in Boston. And Mike is driving, talking on his cell phone in the car... And he's talking to, like, the director of whatever corporation or company they're working for. And then the guy tells Mike that there was a shark attack. And then he has to get to some naval yard because they're sending a Navy submarine to help out with the rescue. And I'm like, how did all this happen so fast? And how is Mike not told right away? Like, it feels like, okay, Mike left. They were attacked. Now he's in Boston. And, like, this happened within the matter of hours. Like, but I feel like this should have been, like, a day or something I don't know. The The timeline doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It, it's absolutely insane. Mike is on the sub now, and the captain gives him attitude, saying he thinks the Navy should be, like, the last resort for civilian matters, and Mike's like, well, yeah, like, my wife and, like, eight other people are down there. You kind of are our last resort. I'm like, what a fucking twat. I'm like, you're the Navy. Isn't it your job to help people and protect this country? I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I understand, like, maybe they're, like, obviously more military use, but, like... You know, pull up your fucking bootstraps, Captain. Dickweed. And then someone who investigates accidents that happen when they're funded by the government or something starts talking with Mike. And he's basically auditing Mike and his whole uh, station and, like, their experiments or whatever it is they're doing. And then he tells Mike that the last safety inspection that the station had was six years ago. And that's, like, way overdue. It's supposed to be done, like, every three years or some shit. And then Mike asks if they can talk about it later. But then the man's like, if this accident turns out to be because of negligence, you will be prosecuted. And again, Mike just kind of walks away. And then we follow a diver who dove down from the Paradiso, the ship that's above. And he tells the ship that the lines have been cut and it kind of looks like they've been chewed. And then right after he says that, he's immediately attacked and he's killed. And again, very quick shots. I kind of feel like it's just reused footage from the first kill which it's kind of to be expected with these movies. I'm sure I've said that a hundred million times, but yeah. So again, it's not killing the movie for me yet. I'm, I'm okay with this so far. And then Harvey, uh, the guy who I guess is like the repairman of the station, if you will, uh, comes in and tells Linda, he has this guy working on repairs and she tells him they need repairs inside and out. And he's just being lazy. And then he walks off and like, I I don't know why Linda's tearing him apart right this second. I mean, okay, granted, there's a few times in this movie where it seems like he's a little bit lazy, but then it's other times, like, Linda's just, like, tearing into this poor bastard for no good reason, and she's kind of a bitch about it. Linda and one of the other workers are observing the sharks, and they notice that more than a dozen species are, like, around the station, and they all seem to be, like, hunting and working together, which is highly unusual. And then the scientist from earlier who's looking at the orange or red rocks or whatever uh tells linda he has no idea what it is and he says that it could be toxic and they, they speculate this is what could be affecting the sharks but they really don't know and then top side we see a coast guard plane um, heads for the paradiso the boat and as it starts skimming the surface of the water a shark bumps into the bottom of the plane as someone's hanging out they fall out of the plane And, like, he's eaten. And, again, stock footage. And they use this, like, one shot of the shark here that's in, like, every fucking movie. It's a stock footage uh, shot of a great white coming out of the water. And, like, they've used it in Shark Zone, Shark Attack, Shark Attack 3 for sure. Um, I'm sure there's other movies, especially from this time period, like the early 2000s, that this footage was used a lot. Um, they may even be from the same studio, so it kind of makes sense. Like, if you buy it once, why not reuse it? I get it. Back at the C-Lab, Linda orders Harvey to go outside and fix the lab, but he says, I have three kids, I'm not sacrificing myself for that, and it's three more kids than you have. hey damn, Harvey. And then she asks the other worker, and he basically ignores her, and then he, and then she calls Harvey a coward. Okay, So earlier, we saw Linda go out in a scuba suit, almost get attacked, and so she's like, oh, fuck that, I'm not going out there. So she's just asking or ordering everybody else to fucking go out and do it. Um, How about you go fuck yourself, Linda, and you go out there? Fuck you. And now we're in Bermuda, we're on a beach, and as people surf and swim, sharks just start attacking. Like, they're attacking everybody. So, this is a lot of stock footage, but there's a couple times we see a practical shark being used. Um, And then we see a Manzi Shark Research Center. So, they've managed to catch one of these sharks. And then I realized, looking at this, this is the same shark center that appears in Shark Attack, and I guess, obviously, Shark Attack 2 at one point. Um, I don't know if this is a real shark center, or if this is just something that they're going to continuously reuse in all of this studio's movies. I really don't know, but... Just an interesting fact, I suppose. And we see a bunch of people's hands cutting into this shark. And as they cut into the stomach, they start pulling out a bunch of these orange rocks. And they're like, oh, what are those? And this is the last time we see this research station or these scientists or anything. That's all we see. I don't know why we needed this. I don't think we did, but it's there. On the submarine, Mike learns of the other shark attacks on the Coast Guard and the beach. uh, And him and the audit dude, uh, Ben... Uh, Start arguing about his station, not being up to date on permits, blah, blah, blah. And then topside, we see a small boat with a news crew on board. And they've heard about the shark attacks. And so they start heading for the beach where they happen. But like just as soon as they start doing that, they're almost immediately attacked. The engine room catches fire. People start falling overboard. And like everybody's fucking dead. Um, But at one point we do see the camera guy. Um, We just see his hand clutching onto the camera, like, sinking to the bottom so, like, his severed arm. That was pretty cool. And again, practical effect. I always appreciate that. The sub finally reaches the sea lab, and Mike calls Linda on the radio and gets the status of everything, and then Mike asks the sub captain what procedures they have for evacuating, and he says, frankly, we don't have any. Uh, we don't have any submersibles we can use, or we're just really not equipped to, uh, evacuate an underwater lab. Um, Okay. So, the Navy sends this ship to the sea lab with zero submersibles, no fucking plan. What? Like, why bother? What are you doing? Like, yeah, we're going to send a sub to help. They're not going to do anything, but they'll be there. Fucking nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I mean, I guess later on this doesn't really matter because, like, maybe they're not there for the reasons they think. Um, Although, it feels like the sub is. It's... I won't get into it right now, but it's, it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. So Mike says they'll use their mini-sub that they have in the lab, and the captain says, well, we'll get as close as we can, and then the rest is up to you. Fucking useless. Also, this captain is played by, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he plays the dad in Psych. I don't know if anybody's ever watched that show. I was a big fan of it. Um, I haven't seen the movies yet, though. I should get on that. Um, Yeah, anyways, the actor uh, who plays the dad is in that. He plays the uh, sub captain, which is kind of cool. So Mike and Ben exit the sub in scuba gear and they head for the lab. Linda radios Mike and and he says that they're on their way. And then Ben wanders off and starts taking pictures and Mike tells them like no flash because as soon as he does, the sharks start attacking him. And I've actually seen this in real uh, shark videos. So when they get to like a certain depth, um, and they use like the flash on their camera. Sometimes the way it reflects, um, it makes them think that it's like um, a fish reflecting. Um, you, if you often see on some fishing lures, like they're very reflective because they some fish are attracted to that. So this is actually something based in realism. So, yeah, setting the camera flash off can potentially attract them. Maybe not always. And it might only be at certain Depths. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I have seen it happen before in videos. So this was actually, uh, like, real. You know, like, they actually did some fucking research. Mike gets Ben to the lab just in time, and then Mike rips him a new asshole for, like, almost getting them killed. And then Ben says he was just trying to, like, get, you know, pictures of everything that was happening down there. Like, ugh, fuck off, man. And then Mike kind of introduces Ben to everybody, and no one is thrilled that he's there to basically shut them down. So, Mike tells everyone that they're evacuating, and Linda has the audacity to ask, Oh, do we have a choice in the matter? The lab is flooding. People are dying. And you're like, Well, I'll just stay a little while, see what happens. Fuck you, Linda. I. Mm, mm-mm. Like, what the actual fuck? Ah. <sighs> Mike says the systems are shot and they need to go. So they can't stay there. And then we see the alien tube thing start to glow at the bottom. And then on the sub, everything starts malfunctioning and sparks are flying everywhere. So it's sending out some sort of like magnetic field that's affecting the electronics, basically. Um, Everyone panics. The submarine starts flooding. Sparks are flying everywhere. The sub calls the station and they say that they need 35 minutes to do their repairs. And then Harvey is like, well, we've only got like 20 minutes of air left. And then Mike is like, well, we have another 30 in the reserve. So that's fine. And then Harvey's like, well, somebody has to go out there and manually turn on a valve to get the reserves on because of course they fucking do. Because why would something like that be accessible from the inside of the lab? That's insane. Who designs this shit? Who is designing these labs where everything you have to do is outside I understand having to do a couple things outside but like fucking everything it makes no goddamn sense ugh so yeah of course somebody has to go out and then Linda comments well we all know Harvey's not going to go out there and I'm like fuck off Linda you go out you know how to dive if you're that fucking desperate to get this done you go out there and do it yourself Please, show us how it's done. You're the expert. You're, you're the fucking boss, Linda. Oh, I'm getting heated. Linda is getting me fucking heated and not in a good way. God damn. I don't like Linda. Linda the labia and Ben the bastard should just hook up because they're both pieces of shit. Like, they're just both awful people. Anyways, Mike volunteers to go out and another worker, Carlos, volunteers to pilot the sub for him. As they leave, Harvey apologizes to Linda, and she says, if anything happens to Mike, I'm going to make sure I kill you personally or some shit like that. And, like, again, fuck you. You're, like, you're calling him lazy when he has three kids to go home to. Like, he's not lazy. He's scared. Ugh, get fucked. Mike and Carlos are in the sub, and it looks like the sub from Shark Attack 2, very much the same, And Linda spots some sharks and warns Mike and Carlos to get out of there. And then we see some quick shots of the sharks. And now I am positive that some of this footage was reused from Shark Attack 2. The CG sharks that pop up for like a second very much look exactly like what the sharks looked like in Shark Attack 2. And then the practical shark that pops up looks exactly the same as well. So... I wouldn't be surprised if these shots or others, like, pop up in other movies as well. Um, And quite possibly other ones I reviewed, and I just didn't recognize it at the time. Um, As I said, Shark Zone had some of these shots as well. Not these ones specifically, but now that I'm thinking, they very may well have. Um, I might have to revisit that, and just to see. Carlos goes to escape the sub, and his arm is bitten off before he's dragged away by the Sharks. And then they start coming after Mike, one of the sharks bites into the facility, causing more damage, and then we see the shark going after Mike, and now, at this point, I was 100% sure this shot was used towards the end of Shark Attack 2. It's exactly the same with the big, practical shark effect. Again, it's a very cool and nice-looking effect. It's just reused footage from another movie. Linda tells Mike that he needs to get back, but he says that there's too many of them, he'll never make it back. So then she radios the submarine, gets a hold of the captain, and she's like, Yeah, Mike wants you to fire a submarine at the sharks. And he's like, Uh, okay. I mean, uh, we, w- no. But they eventually agree to. And I'm like, This is insane. He even says there's 700 pounds of explosives in this torpedo. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, Mike's fucking dead. Like, the shockwave or the concussion underwater would fucking kill him. I'm. I'm pretty sure of that. They even talk about that in Shark Attack, too. Like, yeah, we can't be in the water when these bombs go off because we'll be fucking killed, too. And, like, in this movie, they're doing that very thing. So, yeah, the sub agrees, and they launch the torpedo. The torpedo explodes, kills a bunch of sharks, um, but also damages the sea lab a bit. Um, But Mike is somehow okay, and he heads back to the lab. Fucking miracle. Right before he goes back to the lab, though, he spots the glowing alien artifact tube thing. And he sees, like, all the orange rock-like things. And he brings some more back to the uh, lab with him. And then she, uh, Linda warns Mike there's more sharks on the way. So he returns to the base finally. He radios the sub and tells them they only have ten minutes left. Harvey and Mike start arguing. And Harvey is drinking, so he's, like, really agitated. And Mike sends him to his room like a fucking child, which doesn't turn out to be a good idea. Linda and Mike look at the particles that Mike brought back with him, and then one of the workers sees the mini-sub on the screen, and inside we see Harvey piloting the sub away from the lab. This is why it wasn't a good idea to send him to his room, because he didn't go to his fucking room. So yeah, Mike yells at Harvey on the radio and tells him to come back, but Harvey says, like, yeah, no dice, Uh, I'm leaving. I'm just going to go home now. Uh, So Harvey has lost it, um, and then his sub is attacked by the sharks. It starts to flood. It's knocked around. He's knocked out. The sub crashes into the seafloor and then fucking explodes. As they sit around sulking, they try to figure out where Ben went, and then Mike calls the sub captain and asks him to make a call and find out uh, who Ben's boss is exactly. The scientist working with the particles tells Mike and Linda the particles are part of a cold fusion energy cell or something, and it's not it's not from Earth. So Mike and Linda head to the lab he's in. They get to the lab. And Jonas, the lab tech guy, has a knife in his back. And just before this, we saw Leo was bringing something into him, and he looked angry. So we're sort of led to believe that Leo did this. But then in a second here, I'm not sure, but we'll come back to it. So um, Linda and Mike go back to the main lab, and the captain calls and says repairs are done. And then he, he also says that he asked about Ben Styles and like the organization that he worked for. He called them. Nobody knows who he is. And then as soon as he says that, Ben comes in with a fucking machine gun and starts shooting the place up. Like, what is happening right now? My God, this movie is all over the place, and I fucking love it. I'm, I'm all here for this. Having a blast. And then Ben comes down, and he asks Mike, like, what the captain's been saying about him. And Mike's like, well, you know, you're not really with this agency or whatever. And then he asks, like, who he's really with. And Ben says he's with MJ-12, So MJ12 or Majestic 12 was a some sort of government study, not study like group or project that investigated UFOs and aliens and shit in the 40s and 50s, especially like after the Roswell crash. So yeah, he's basically saying he's a part of this organization that apparently is still existing. So yeah, that's what MJ12 is. It that's the connection to the extraterrestrial. Thing here, I guess. One of the workers tries to distract Ben and run away, but Ben shoots her dead, so uh, he's not fucking around. And then Ben explains that basically their station wandered into a restricted area, and uh, basically they want this cold fusion thing. And they've known about it for like five years ago, but they just didn't know where it went. And then obviously he can't let them go or anyone else because then they have to share. And then I'm like, okay, so you're upset that you might have to share this technology, but two seconds before, he just said, oh, yeah, this could power the whole world for 500 years. So, oh, so, yeah, now I know what they're going to do. They're going to keep it for themselves, probably weaponize it, and then fuck the rest of the world. Great job, guys. Fucking morons. USA, USA, USA. And then Leo comes out of fucking nowhere tackles ben everybody scatters as ben shoots leo he then takes a host a hostage and asks her to open the hatch for him so this is the part i was confused at because we were very much led to believe that leo was the one that killed jonas by putting the knife in his back but i kind of feel like ben did that so i don't know why they did this little fake out with leo exactly because it was very short-lived it was kind of pointless but i what do i know i don't make movies so fuck me right So Ben takes his hostage uh, to this hatch and opens it up and starts flooding it because she's basically useless to him. So he's like, yeah, I'm just going to throw you in here and you'll die. And as Ben scours the facility looking for everyone, Linda runs out and stabs him in the back. But he still just stands there and he actually pulls the knife out. She takes the gun, but of course it's out of fucking bullets. And he's like, you should have been counting. So she runs away dropping the gun. And so Ben reloads it because he has extra clips on him, apparently. And he then goes after her. Linda sees the other woman in the hatch, and He tries to save her, but she can't. She keeps running from Ben as he continues to look for her. He finds her and is about to take her. And then Mike jumps out of nowhere and they start fighting. Mike yells for Linda to go. Mike gets a hold of the gun, shoots at Ben, but misses. And then he starts chasing after him. But then, of course, Ben jumps out, knocks the gun out of his hand, and they fight some more. On the submarine, they get a call from their admiral to avoid the area. I assume mean destroy everything, I guess, or maybe just leave. I don't I don't really know. I'm assuming just leave, but I mean it's also the Navy. They might just want to fucking blow everything up so there's no evidence of anything. Either way. And then in some slow-mo opera music playing sequence, Linda and Mike look around for each other, and then they finally meet in a room and lock it. And Linda breaks down crying because, you know, everyone's dead. Which, uh, Linda, you are partially responsible for. So, um, suck it up, okay? You're partially responsible for some of these people's deaths because um, you just wanted to order people around instead of doing something proactive. I'm just saying, you kind of suck. And then Ben comes into the room. Mike attacks him. They fight some fucking more. Like, get a fucking room, you two, already. Jesus Christ, they managed to, like... I I think they just want to fuck each other. I think that's what's going on here. Ben grabs an axe off the wall, starts swinging at Mike. Linda shoots Ben in the back with a spear gun. He falls over, and then it starts crawling away. Mike and Linda get into scuba gear. They try to open the hatch to escape, but it's jammed shut. And, like, they're clearly running out of air right now, but there's scuba tanks, like, right beside them that they were going to use to escape. So, like, why not just, like... You know, use that to top up and stay alive for a little while longer. figure something out maybe i I don't know that that's just me though uh you know, come up with a plan. no, okay, then the lab starts taking on water, and the captain orders the sub to start surfacing. Mike tries to get the radio to work, but it's fried, so he starts banging on air tanks on the walls, and the sub hears them and then Mike and Linda are struggling for air because they're stupid. And they start having a lovey-dovey conversation and kissing. And then we cut to outer space. Remember outer space? We're back, baby. So we cut to outer space, and we see a ship approaching Earth. Sometimes when I see these things and, like, write them down and say them, like, I still can't believe it. And, ah, it's still just glorious. But still, like, I can't believe, like, this is happening in this fucking movie right now. It's insane. And then we see a couple of aliens seemingly go into the ocean and retrieve the cold fusion cell. And it starts glowing bright, and Mike looks out the window, and he sees all of this going on. And the alien designs are still fucking dope. Like, they're so good-looking. Like, full, like, body suits, everything. Like, they look great. I wouldn't be surprised if these suits show up in another movie. I would be very curious to see, like... If this studio has, like, a sci-fi movie that they just used these suits from. That would be kind of cool to see, actually, because these suits are kind of dope. And then the sea lab explodes, and the ship returns to space. The captain announces the loss of the sea lab, and to keep those lost in their prayers. And then we fucking see Linda and Mike in the water. Mike has an air breather on. Linda's floating around, dead, basically. She's out cold. And fucking Ben is still alive. But then he's immediately eaten by a shark, so it's fine. But, like, uh, you could have just killed him in the base. But it was nice to see him die by a shark because he, he was a dick. So, yeah, I was cool with that. Um, on the sub, the communications officer says that there's someone pounding on the outside hatch. They open it up, and then uh, Mike pulls Linda into the sub. A few crew members help Linda onto the sub, and then Mike begins CPR. Linda spits out water, and she's alive! She's alive! Yay! Uh, I, uh, I guess. Uh no, nah, I could have done it without her. She could have fucking kicked the bucket. I wouldn't have given a shit. Later on, Mike asks the captain if he saw the spaceship, and he sounds like a fucking insane person. And the captain's like, "Yeah, why don't you just go get some rest, buddy? We'll, we'll talk later." And, uh, and then, oh yeah, then Mike says like the sharks were protecting the cylinder. And yeah, I don't know why he got that impression or. I don't know. This isn't really fully explained as far as I'm concerned. It's just like, hey, here's some shit to throw together, and now we have a movie, which, again, I'm totally cool with. Um, And then we roll credits, and that's it. That is the whole fucking thing. I mean, wow, there is some shit to unpack here. Um, Poster expectations. I was hoping for, like, more gnarly-looking sharks because the shark on the poster is, like, pretty cool-looking. Um, and more, like, raging sharks. Um, so it's not quite what I expected. However, it's still fucking ridiculous. Um, practical effects were used great. The stock footage was used fairly well for the most part. Um, I mean, yeah, they reuse footage from old movies. But, I mean, if you're not as versed in these movies as I am, then, like, stuff like that won't really bother you because you're not going to recognize it from anywhere. So, um. Yeah, like, the stock footage juice was pretty on par with a lot of these movies from the early 2000s. But overall, I had an absolute fucking blast with this. This was really fun. If you can find this somewhere, I recommend giving it a watch. So, with that being said, um, I would have liked more aliens, more alien nonsense, or at least, like, see these sharks be, like, way more aggressive. Um, but other than that, I'm going to give this a 2.5 stars. Like I said, this was a lot of fun. And I think it's one of the like, more fun ones I've watched in a while. Um, the cast is decent, too. Uh, the acting was pretty good. I, again, it's not amazing. We're talking early 2000s, made for TV, you know, made for DVD. Um, but again, it's a little bit better than maybe you'd expect. But anyways, that's it for me this week, guys. Don't forget, you can always follow me on all of the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, Slasher, TikTok, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash bucket of chum. And I will see you guys next time for an all new episode of Bucket of Chum. Imagination, Creativity, Storytelling, Brainstorming, or Brainstorming, this is the Brainstorming Project. Join me, Chad, or as I probably should go by now, Brainstorm, each week as I use my overactive imagination to brainstorm ideas. Each week I'll pick a different genre and create a story from scratch, characters, world, premise the whole kit and caboodle the creative process in podcast form this should be fun listen to the Brian storming project wherever you get your podcast fix join the Brian storm